HSC. They're at the top of the CHA. A special episode of QCism alongside Jesse Cook. I'm Chile Casiadele. Boy, oh boy, there was a lot of downs in Syracuse sports this weekend, but when one place they were up was with Syracuse Ice Hockey capturing the CHA championship. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of downs in Syracuse this past week, and we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about what went down on South Campus. So sh- should I tell the people what happened? I feel like they already know. Should we spoil it? Spoil it. Three to two overtime victory. Not once, but twice. Dose. First, first time Abby Milotny gets the hat trick over RIT, the final one being an overtime game winner. And then you get to the championship game, Syracuse versus Mercyhurst. Malotny pots the first one. Sarah Marchand does the second one. Overtime, De- Jessica DiGiralmo fires one in uh, into the middle of the defensive zone, hits off a couple bodies, bops free, and Sarah Thompson is right there to put it away and hoist the trophy. And that's Syracuse's second one in just three years. It's also their second one total. Chalet, you covered this team all season long. Just what, what went into it for this team? You know, I think... It really, it really turned a corner for this team with the battle at the Berg on January 1st. You know, they're able to come in. They're able to beat a team like BU. Then they go and beat a team like St. Cloud State over there in Pittsburgh. And I think that was really the catalyst for the rest of this season. Um, they go on. They play their CHA schedule. They had a cancellation when they were supposed to go out and play, I believe, Minnesota State. Uh, due to COVID. But other than that, there were lights out, you know, 7-1-2 and two throughout the rest of the regular season. There were 5-0-1 oh, in the month of January alone. This is a team that, like I said, progressed as they went through the season. And there's a lot of positives that are not just for right now, but for the future as well, right? We talk about players like Jessica DiGirolamo contributing in large numbers to the Syracuse team, uh, players like Abby Malotny, players like Victoria Klimek, you know, who received the uh, associate captain this year. But at the same time, there is youth, and we saw that at different points during the season. We saw players like Madison Primo get involved early in the season. You see players like Sarah Marshawn, who are who are number two on the season in points for the Syracuse team. There is a there's a plethora of players getting involved every night, and like you said, I mean Abby Belotny was getting it done a lot in this tournament, but look who scored the winning goal, sophomore Sarah Thompson, you know, who we had on this podcast at one point last year. Yeah, I believe her first collegiate interview was the Q System podcast. Ain't that crazy? We, we got to come up with new stories instead of the like we had the wait wait don't, don't tell me segment. We got to come up with new stories. I, I I was tasked on another show with. Uh, we had to fill time. One of our hosts wasn't there. It was a Z89 show with our good friend Anthony Vasquez and for, and another good friend, former Houston guest, Jared Johnston. And uh, Jared wasn't there, so Anthony and I had to fill the time. And we were talking hockey because it was the week before the CHA championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we started to play some games because we had a two-hour slot. We didn't have anything to go with after a certain point because there weren't a whole lot of sports on the hill that weekend. And we took some early breaks. So we started with one where we had to say fake or real for names on the Stony Brook women's lacrosse team. And then we got back onto the subject of the CHA. 
So I thought of a year ago when we talked to Sarah Thompson and uh, just reused those three stories. You know, the Gretzky brothers, Jenny Finch, and, oh, man, oh, Lindsay Eastwood lifting the trophy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Jenny Finch was the real one. So, you know, I feel like Sarah Thompson, we, we gave her that first interview, or she really gave us that first interview. Mm-hmm. And and content for the show later. Yes. And then we give her perfect footage of her winning goal. I think it's full circle. Listen, it is full circle, right? And we were talking about this yesterday because you and I were both were both down there at Kennedy on uh, Friday and Saturday covering the CHA tournament. Just uh, just a matter of the fact about how great of a weekend it really was. You know, it was it was some great hockey and. It started off on Thursday. You weren't there Thursday. I didn't see any of the games on Thursday. But RIT, their fans thought they were in this thing. You know, they come in as the number five seed. Uh, they only muster and win the entire season, but they're coming. They're coming as the season goes along. You know, in terms of being able to to string together some good play, and they're confident in themselves. And they really did play well against Syracuse come Friday after upsending four seed. Lindenwood, they come in, they play Syracuse, they bring it to overtime, you know, but Syracuse is able to finish it. Like I said, Abby Malotny, or like you said, Abby Malotny coming in with the hat trick. And then, of course, Mercyhurst beats Penn State to advance to the final, and Syracuse is able to get it done on Saturday to win 3-2. to um, And I think it just means a lot, you know, not just to – the program, but I think, I think there's some people in the university and the community at large who are also taking notice as, as well. Like I, I, I was mentioning to Coach Flanagan in the post game that we posted that on the winning goal on Twitter, and before you know it, Syracuse.com reporters, you know, people like Brent Axe, people like Chris Carlson, uh, tweeting about this team, you know, noticing uh, the, the the significant accomplishments they've achieved this year. And uh, I think that's great for the campus community, you know. I think getting the chance to cover this team as I have for Citrus TV over this past these past two semesters, I think SU Ice Hockey really has a chance to be one of the premier programs on campus. And you look at the atmosphere that they can already draw on a Friday night in some of their games, you know. Now just magnify that and see once that culture of winning starts to really continue – uh, what it can do, and like I said, it's it's about people taking notice, right? Yeah, as much as excited as I am about this team, the national tournament has not been kind to them. So they've had one trip to the national championship tournament, national tournament, I should say, and they made it nowhere. They first round exit for a reason. The CHA is just one of the worst conferences in all of college hockey it it has no prestige maybe a couple years ago when Mercyhurst and Robert Morris were top 15 teams but now I mean no 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 one's in the top 10 well Mercyhurst is going to be coming back in the fold soon you know Robert Morris excuse me Robert Morris is going to be coming back in the fold soon Mercyhurst of course yeah it's one of the better teams but like I said it's about building right you know Rome wasn't built in the day this program wasn't built in the day and, yeah, the CHA may be one of the, the lesser leagues in terms of college hockey, but that doesn't mean that the quality of play can improve. And if you prove 
year after year, right? That you can build a big program. And sometimes all it takes is one big win, right? You know, you're going to face a top team, most likely, in this playoff, you know? But who knows what can happen in that game? Once it happens, those are kind of the things that, that programs can build on going forward. And like I said, this is not a team that is is that is a, a perennial perennial power in college hockey and women's college hockey. This is just this is a team that has a good core, has a decent future, and now it's just trying to build those building blocks going forward. And I think that the, the NCAA tournament will provide itself a chance to do that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look at the the prestige of the other programs that they're inevitably going to go up against. When you see, look, there are teams like Wisconsin, there's Minnesota, Ohio State, for for goodness sake, and that's not even we're not even going through the teams in the Northeast. I don't think there's a shot when you think about. But I think you're thinking, what these programs. Bring I think to we're the thinking. Table. I think we're thinking at two different places. I think you're thinking about the immediate. I'm thinking about long term. Yeah, the, the the national tournament is pretty immediate. I know it's immediate. So they're going to lose in the so first what round. You, so you're talking about what's going to happen this year. Yeah. Whereas I was talking about what's going to go on in the future. That's a next week question. I don't think it is. Well, actually, yeah, you're right because the national tournament might not start for them until. Yeah. So. It's it's a week after next week I think question we can walk, when they I think, lose. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can talk about the now of this team. I, I actually future. can't. It's a medical condition. I choke on it every now and then. Well, I guess that's your fault. Ah, jeans. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I couldn't chew gum with when, when, when everyone was wearing masks. That, that got, you know, the mask would go under your nose. People would yell at you, and then I would take the mask off, and then they would yell at you more. And then I would put it back, back on, but then I'd keep chewing the gum, and then the gum would lose its flavor, and the mask would be off. You so, make no sense to me. Well, he didn't think it through. It was a whole problem. Now that problem is eliminated, except in, in class for us. Now I can chew gum as much as I want, even when I'm walking. I mean, I never I had... have never once swallowed. I know that's not true. The first time I had gum, I swallowed it. But after that, I have not once swallowed gum. I mean, I never had problems chewing gum in the first place. So. Have you ever swallowed a piece of gum, though? No. Not accidentally. Anytime I'm done, it's on purpose. What? Yeah. When when have you purposefully swallowed gum? When I don't have a trash can near me. What am I going to do? Spit it out on the floor? Keep chewing it until you find a trash can. No. What if you're on the road? What? What if you're on the road? Go to a gas station. What if you're not the one operating the motor vehicle? You got the wrapper. What if your parents gave you the gum? Keep chewing it then. No. What if it loses its flavor? Yeah, not gonna that ch- is I'm not going to chew fault. rubber or whatever it's in there. Why would you then eat it? Why not? Because that's just an objectively stupid decision. No, it's it's going to stick in your bodily system for years. Oh, that's what—that's the old tale your parents all tell you. It's not good for you. It's the tale they tell you. It's, it's not still true. not good for you. Oh, well, what are you going to do about it? I, I'm not going to do anything about it because uh-huh. I'm not going to eat gum. I've lived 19 years. And you better be counting your days. Uh, maybe I should. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, maybe we can walk and chew gum at the same time with this team. And I, I'll admit, when you do have the chemistry of this team where Jessica DiGirolamo, Victoria Klimek, 
I mean, uh, sorry, not Klimek. Actually, it might have been Klimek. But Lauren Bellefontaine, Shelby Kaloff, all, and Mariel McHale. All master. players who were there. Lauren Bellefontaine, might I add, master face-off winner. That, that, that is true. One of the top 15 in the country in that category. That, that's true. And all players who were a part of that last national championship run, a very short-lived run, but CHA champions nonetheless, the only thing is they keep struggling against teams that would have no shot, like RIT and Mercyhurst. Now, Mercyhurst, I'll give you, is probably one of the top 25 programs in the country, but we're looking at the top 11. But I think we should also we should also go and, and, and talk about the fact that RIT has gotten better over the course of the season. You know, like I said, the wins don't show for One it. One win from zero isn't that much of an improvement. The wins, Technically, it's infinite. The wins don't show it, but they have played better hockey as the season has gone on. That's a program that's rebuilding. So I think we could critique them for the end of the, se- the early part of the season. And guess what? When Syracuse when Syracuse played them early in the season back in November, they clapped the living daylights out of them. One of those games I covered was seven nothing down in Rochester. So. They know how to beat down on a team that's bad. Well, is that RIT getting better, or is that Syracuse starting to have the injuries wearing? I think it is RIT getting better. I don't know. I don't know. There was, I mean, you had I think scare in this, with Klimek I think, in the Mercyhurst game, too. I think the injuries are really mounting on this team. It happens in every playoff run for every hockey team, and they're starting to lose their energy. You listen to the post-game press conferences. You had... Players like DiGirolamo after the RIT game talking about how you just have to play through injuries. Yeah. Well, you can only Some do that. Some of them have been playing through injuries, whether how big, how small, throughout the course of the season. But you can only do that for so long. And when the other programs already have the prestige and already have the skill, the only thing that can really make a real difference is the grittiness and physicality of your play. And if you're too injury prone, if your team is too injured to do that, then there's no chance. I don't think it's affected it at all. Against CHA teams. This is a bad sample size. I don't think so. Now, when you get you can, to. You can criticize RIT all you want, but well, I think easily, the, they were bad. The Mercyhurst win was a quality win. A quality win for a CHA team. College think. Hockey America is not the same as the Big East. It's not the. You're not going to. The Big East doesn't have. Do they have hockey? Okay, you know what I mean, but like. Hockey East, you mean? Yes, Hockey East. It's not the same as the teams you see playing in the Bean Pot. Let alone the Frozen Four. This guy thinks he's from Mass. He thinks he knows so much about college. What is Co- that accent? Co- college hockey. What? What accent was that? It's a Massachusetts accent. That is- what? Yeah. No, 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 no. When you're talking about a Massachusetts accent, first of all, you got to mention Duncan in the first 15 words or so. So when you're driving up 995 and you're making your way to Bar Harbor up in Maine to go catch some hockey after watching the Bean Pod, you're watching more hockey up on the harbor. Listen, I just can't wait to tell you to park the car in Avid Yard when uh, Syracuse goes in the, in the in the playoffs and the tournament and uh, and upsets. You can pack the car in the Tennessee Ice parking lot because they're not leaving for very long. And you've been so they're coming right back. You've been so wrong over the course of season two on so many things. Uh, how about that Duke game? Okay, that's one one instance where you one very right. recent. Instance. That's one instance. One of many. You were like, Liberty is going to beat the living daylights out of Syracuse, and you were wrong. That's one. Okay. I c- so we're tied. I, if I dig up the archives, I can find so many times you were probably wrong this season. 
and I would find the same results for you. I'm always right on this show. I'm not sure about that. I am always right on this yeah, show. I don't know. You were the one doubting being able to win the CHA tournament last weekend, weren't you? I wasn't doubting it. I think you did. I was saying that it could happen. I I wasn't could. going either way. Could. I came in with absolute certainty. So you're wrong. I was maintaining the stable hosting you're, ground. No, you're wrong. I I was I was maintaining the balance of our respectable program. This is not balance. You were you were shaking it. You were you were messing with the rules of reality. I don't think I'm messing with the rules of reality because who held up the trophy on Saturday afternoon? Neither of us. Yeah, I'm not saying it was. What team did? I mean, Syracuse, obviously. Uh-huh, thank both, you. Both very happy about that. Thank you. It, w- it would have been more remarkable if somehow we won it. Listen, I think the moral— I haven't picked up a hockey stick in like a decade. I don't care what you've picked up or what you haven't picked up. I think the moral of the story here is that Syracuse is building something, you know. And regardless of what you say about the conference, with CHA, oh, it's not that big of a conference— it's not, that it's not that big, it's that it's not that good. The the wins matter. And winning something like this for the second time in program history. Mind you, this program's only been alive for what, 14 years now? Around that, yeah. Yeah. I think you gotta you gotta kinda give credit where it's due here and understand that this isn't like I said, Rome is not built in a day. You got to build something. You got to build something a little bit by a little bit. You know, maybe they get one next year or a couple of years down the line. You know, if you can show yourself a proven track record, this is not, I don't think this is, this is not basketball or football, you know, where the top players are automatically attracted to the top schools. Yes, it is. I don't think so. There is not a single player on this SU team from Central New York. Wait, Central New York is not a hockey haven. Yeah, but you'd think that if what you were saying was true, more players from this area would be on this team. I don't think so. Like I said, Central New York is not a hockey haven. doesn't matter, though. There would be at least one. If they didn't care about the prestige of the school, they wouldn't be running away from Central New York. I'm talking about the prestige of the program. Oh my goodness, prestige of the school, prestige of the program, it's the same thing. No. I think when you're talking about sports like football and basketball, you're automatically drawn to schools like Alabama, like uh, who else is good at football? Michigan, uh, Penn State, you know, schools like that. I think in hockey, yes, you have that kind of, you, you have that same kind of attraction. Schools like Wisconsin, a lot of those Big Ten schools and whatnot in the Midwest. But I think there's still a decent contingent of players that kind of get left around for smaller programs, programs that aren't as established, such as Syracuse. And I think that the stats show that we do have some players who are, are rather good who are on this team. Like I said, <laughs> Lauren Belafontaine is top 15 in the nation in face-off wins. But that's exactly what I'm saying, is these players chose to come to Syracuse. It's yes. not like Central New Yorkers were going, hey, you know what, I could go play for some Minnesota for Minnesota or somewhere, but I really want to play for Syracuse. No. Central New York doesn't have good hockey. It does. No, it it doesn't. Okay. Then why— Okay, there are like maybe a hockey. couple, maybe, maybe, maybe I mean, like a couple players from this program. area that are, that are in the NHL. 
It's like Joel Farabee and you're, who wait, else? You're talking about men's hockey. I'm talking about hockey, period. Women's hockey and men's hockey have different recruiting places. They're not the same. I think most, for the most part, at least for both of those, it's Canada. Okay, yes, Canada. And then the United States, maybe some places around Mass, around... Places where it's cold, like central New York. Central New York is not a big place. Troy, I, this is an objectively terrible take this on This is not end. a terrible take. It's not, it's not even debatable. It's wrong. No. Central Players New York, where prestige is. You're talking. You're, you're, you're not mentioning Buffalo. It doesn't matter. It's not like sport. you mentioned Buffalo. It's not like you mentioned Watertown. You're mentioning Central New York. Okay, there's only one player from the entire state of New York on this team, and it's Marielle McHale, uh-huh. and she's from Albany. Exactly. Central New York does not have good hockey. It's not even just Central New York, though. It's all of New York. Okay. That's what you're saying. Is all of New York is bad hockey? Yes. That is the worst take I've ever heard you make. I don't think so. Long Island? No. The Great Lakes? No. Okay, you okay, hang up the headset, get turn off the mic. You're wrong. That's you're it. Wrong. You're fired. You're wrong. Off the show. No. Get on out of here. That no. is, how can you work with a hockey team all year and know this little about the actual game of hockey? I do know a lot about hockey. Well, evidently not. I think since evidently you missed a massive part of what goes into college hockey. I don't think Central New York is a hockey haven. It's not even just Central New York. I don't think You're the state of New York the is entire, a hockey haven. It of course is. No, I don't. Okay, you talked about men's hockey before. Think about the U.S. national team. Okay. So you got players from, yes, New England, up north in places yes. like Montana, Michigan. Yes. New York! No. All right. I would say Massachusetts, the New England region. I would say states like Minnesota, states like Wisconsin. You know, those are hockey havens. I'm not calling New York and, State a wait, hockey haven. All of those have something in common. They're all... Up north and bordering Canada. You know what's north and bordering Canada and has a lot of great hockey players? The state of New York. No. You're talking to someone who hates New York. No. I hate the state. I hate New York City. I I like central New York, actually. No. But come on. No. What? No. I... I I am at a loss You're just saying a lot of words, but you're not saying a lot of names. Because I don't need to. This is obvious. No, it's not. Why would players in any sport go to a school if they think they're good enough to play for a school with prestige? Rephrase your question. You said player prestige of the program doesn't matter that much to, to women's hockey players. That's I don't just think it objectively ma- wrong. I don't think it matters that much. That's wrong. In every sport, it matters. I don't think so. You, you Okay, so... Paige Beckers just happens to go to UConn. Paige Beckers is also the number one recruit. And like I said, it's different in basketball and football than it is in hockey. Okay. Uh, Brandon Finnegan and half of Major League Baseball, Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, just happened to go to Vanderbilt. Again, that's a different story. Let's think about lesser, like, lesser known sports, non-revenue sports even. Track, field hockey. <laughs> You think that players like Ace Kavan and Neuerhoff come all the way overseas to Syracuse just because they like the feel of the snow? It's still not the same. I'm giving you a wide variety of sports, Chile. You think Charlie McAvoy just said, yeah, 
you know, I could go go anywhere, but why not just spend some time in dear old Boston in the cold? You think Jack Eichel said that too? Just Boston University, I just I I love okay, how, the gold first of all, how, dome on the Capitol How did building we get this Boston. off track? The point that I was trying to tell you is that you, I believe, are trying to say that just because this team is in the CHA means that they don't have a good caliber team with good caliber players. I never said they don't have a good t- caliber team with good caliber players. I'm saying they haven't been tested against a good caliber team with good caliber players. Okay, but that doesn't mean that you can just go and cast them out as a team that's going to get lit up in the NCAA tournament. I think I can when they struggled against teams that aren't anywhere near the the level that they're going to be seeing. I think that's the wrong take. I think this is a much better team. I think this team's strongest schedule came in the beginning of the part of the season. They were able to get it together ever since then. And even at that, I think there were some games throughout the course of the beginning of the season where they did look somewhat decent. You know, I think that they're going to put up a fight regardless of who they face come the NCAA tournament, and I don't think you can just write them off from the beginning. Look, I'll give you the Battle of the Berg where they beat Boston College. I yes, think that Boston was, University. Boston University, you know what I mean. Actually, it would have been more impressive if they beat Boston College. The thing is, Boston College, this is one of their worst teams that they've experienced in women's hockey. Still And it was a tie. It wasn't even a win. They won in the shootout. Goes in the record book as a tie. It doesn't matter what it goes in the record book as. Well, regardless, a win's a win, is it not? That was their 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 so called statement win. That was the Orange's statement win this season over the Boston University Terriers. And first of all, not even a win by the record books. Second of all, it was against one of again one of the worst. Boston University teams that they've been able to put up. A team that's not even ranked. So what does that say? Nothing. It says absolutely nothing. They're untested, and I don't think they're ready. They don't even recognize the type of hockey that they're about to be seeing. I think they do. I think they have players on this team who have seen it before. Players like Ariel DeSmet. You know, like I said, I think I said last week, I was talking about how calm, cool, collected she's been all year long. For this team, you know, uh, like I said, this team didn't—they didn't start off well, but there were some times where they did play well. Early on, they played Clarkson. Did they win? No, but they lost by one. They tied. Clarkson, I believe, is the th- school with the third largest amount of overtime. Or excuse me, NCAA championship victories. In the women's game, They're not that the good this year. Though. Still a caliber, high caliber program. Program, not a high caliber team. And high then, caliber program. Also talking about Ariel Desmet, she let through five goals when they made it to the national ja- tournament and uh, played against Northeastern. Okay. Sure. There's more teams now, so maybe in the first round they won't be playing the same level opponent. But still, the in Kalitaki, the line between. Number one overall and number five overall is pretty thin. Okay, but when you're playing the number one team in the country, are you saying that they couldn't beat any team that was in that playoff? Probably, but you know what? They're also not playing just any team that that was in that playoff. This was last year? Robert Morris last season lost 5-1 to to Northeastern. That's not pretty. 
and that was the same. Uh, Ariel Desmet has had a fantastic year for the Orange. I think she's a wonderful goal goaltender, and she'll do wonders wherever she goes if she continues to play hockey, whether it's the PHF or whichever league, whether it's a national program either. I mean, I'll, I'll always defend a fellow New Englander, but come on. That's bad. Five to one in your first match with a real program. Nah, that's not going to cut it. I, I think, like I said, you've been wrong again. You will continue to be wrong. You have been wrong twice this episode. I don't think I have. Uh, yeah, you are. No, I haven't. See, you don't think you were, but that's because you made stupid takes. And you're gonna I don't think them. I made stupid takes. Yeah, you can keep saying I that. Said, I said Central New York and the state of New York, relatives, relatively speaking to other states in this country, is not a hockey haven. I think that's correct. That's not, that's not even the only bad take you made about that. First but of all, that's, that's just one, wrong. That's not a bad take. It's wrong. It's not a bad take. It's a wrong take. No, it's not. Okay, this isn't a productive if you were to, If you were to type in, like I'm going to do right now, top hockey states in America, New York would probably not show up in the top three, four, five. Oh, Bleacher Report has a little ranking. What do they have here? How old is that? It is. It's 2011. So what? No. And you're looking at men's hockey. You're probably not going to find any about women's hockey. You think so? Maybe if you looked. Let's see. Complete, no. Best women's hockey colleges. 21 best. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I really hope our viewers appreciate. Viewers, our nobody's watching us. I really hope our listeners appreciate the, the dead air there. There's nothing. There is nothing. Okay. Why, don't just, why don't we look up the, the women's national team's roster? I think there is a couple of series. I can learn how to type on my computer today. You know, you, you could have just said you typed it correctly. No, The only person here is going to know is me. No, like I just am not very good with typing on my computer. Yeah, but you, you could you could have just made made it like, you know, you typed it on the first try. I want to hear it. Like, actually, here, uh, li- listen to this. I'm going to put the mic up right next to my laptop. I actually just typed Hamlet on one take there. That was actually perfect. Like, you don't even understand. That, that was so hard to find this roster. Oh, wait. Hold on. All right. Here we to go. To be or not to be. Here okay, we go. Uh, roster. Done. Team USA roster. Let's see. Let's see these towns. Okay. So we've got Minnesota. California, New Hampshire, Michigan, Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Okay, Gatesville, New York, Northbrook, Illinois, Missouri, Minnesota, Idaho, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Illinois, Wisconsin, Colorado, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois. So out of the entire Team USA team, only one of those players is from New York. Okay, so? I think that proves what I said. How many states didn't even have a player, though? But look at how many states did. There so you got Minnesota. Minnesota has like yeah, Minnesota. I Minnesota never disputed like that they were six. good. California has California's giant. California has one. Illinois, that's a state I didn't even mention before. Michigan, Missouri. I think people. I think people don't realize how big of 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 a sport hockey is in Missouri. 
Like Missouri or Missouri? Missouri. Uh, that sounds like misery. See, now you're, you're changing the topic. You're, you're ragging on my pronunciation. Okay. Ragging okay. on my pronunciation. But how many this states were mentioned top. in total? This is the top the of the top. The fact that New York's even one of them. This is the top of the top. That, yeah, top of the top. So how many other players I did were not just say, cut from the team? I did not say New York sucked. I said it's not a hockey haven. It certainly is. The fact that they have even one member on the national team. One player. Team. One player. On a team of how many? One player. Like 22? One player. You know how many Pennsylvania One. had? One. I, I actually didn't hear Pennsylvania. I didn't say there. Pennsylvania was a I, hockey I just thought haven. I'd mention it because, you know, y- you happen to have some affinity for them. I think I proved you wrong. I don't think you did because the did. fact that New York even had one on the national team you shows— You were acting as if a million trillion— There million. are 22 players on the team don't today. Okay, if one of them comes from New York. Uh, and one of, one of them comes from New York and zero come from, what, 44 states? It proves that New York is not a hockey haven. It proves that it is. No, it's not. There are twenty-two players. Twenty-two players on that team. One of them is from New One. York. What's the what's the uh, percentage on that? One divided One by twenty-two. But how many states are mentioned? That is. I want to know how many states are mentioned. That is four point five percent. Just tell me how many states are mentioned, though. How let's, many states? Let's count. Let's count. Okay, so Minnesota, ding. California, ding. New Hampshire, ding. Michigan, ding. Illinois, ding. Uh, let's see. Wisconsin, ding. Uh, Missouri, ding. That's seven. Idaho, eight, ding. Uh, Massachusetts, nine, ding. Uh, Colorado, ten, ding. Uh, yeah, so ten states. Eleven, including New York. Yes. So you're going to tell me. That when there are 39 states not even mentioned, that New York isn't one of the okay, best programs expect, in the country? But did you expect a state like Texas to make this list? No. No. But north northern teams. That's my point, is that places in the north are hockey havens. New York is a hockey haven. It's premier hockey. I don't think so. Well, you're just wrong. You proved yourself wrong I by looking up that list. Wrong. I proved yourself. There are 11 proved, states on a team of wrong. 22 players. I proved you wrong by looking at this list and seeing that only one player on this list you is from New York State. You proved yourself wrong by looking at a list of 22 players and seeing that any of them the were best. from New York. The best. Yes, the best of the best, and one of them from New York. The silver so medal they can't be the team. only one. They can't be the only one then. Chile, that you... Why do you keep hammering home this terrible take? It's not a terrible take. It's objectively it's, wrong. It's not objectively wrong. It okay. It's factually wrong. It's not. It's stupid. I it's hate to dumb. give credit. You're to, wrong. I hate to give credit to Massachusetts, but I did give credit to Massachusetts. I said they're one of the best hockey states in the country. New York is not in that same caliber. And Sorry, ac- it actually is. No, you it's just not. told us that no, it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. I I think it is because you just read a player from New York no. as one of the best twenty-two in the country. No. You can you can say no as much as you want. Yes. That doesn't make you correct. At I'm all. going to yes. Hammer, so you agree? No, I'm going to hammer the point home that New York is not a big hockey state. Well, that 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 is just bad. That is the, that is a bad take. I don't think so. In the two seasons of this show, you have never made a worse take than that. I don't think it's a hockey state. Sorry, I don't think I'm crazy for saying that. You're not crazy. You're wrong. No, I'm not. You're, you may not be crazy, but you are delusional. Let me go back to, uh, what was the one? I know it's men's, but I want to actually take a look at this ranking of the top hockey states. Ten is Pennsylvania. Okay. Nine is New Jersey. Eight, Illinois. 
7. Alaska, 6. Wisconsin, 5. Connecticut. Connecticut's actually a pretty good yeah, hockey state. Yeah, that, but that, this already shows you how different men's and women's hockey is when, in recruiting. 4. Mass. Oh, goodness me. 3 was New York, but New I'm not York. even going to use it to my advantage because yeah. it's men's hockey. We're talking about women's hockey. I still don't think. I think there's a lot of better states. Okay, since you think my take is so wrong, why don't I refine it a little bit? That New York is not one of the top hockey states. What? Top five. Top five. Okay. But not one of the top. It's not 50th. I think I said that all along. It's also not 10th. Let me try and make a list of top hockey states. Let's see. So you got to have Minnesota, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Massachusetts. Minnesota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Massachusetts, uh, Michigan. Okay, so that's four right there. Then you start getting to New England. I think you put uh, Mass on that list. Connecticut. Uh, let's see. Um, not Idaho. Not even necessarily California, even though I think it's getting bigger in California. Arizona. Arizona. What? Arizona probably doesn't beat New York, but it is increasing in hockey prowess, I'd say. No, Arizona State, the school, is. Almost none of those players. How many of those players are actually from Arizona? Austin Matthews. One player. Could you hear that? And Could that, could that be heard? Verse? Cusism verse? Wait. I thought Austin Matthews was from San Francisco. Is he from Arizona? I believe so. Austin Matthews. Austin. I'll be surprised. Wait, did you think he was? Wait, San Francisco? Yeah, he's from San Ramon, California. So you're wrong again. Okay, yeah, I'm You're wrong. racking up the L's. I am wrong on that one. Okay, here's what it was. His family moved to Scottsdale, Arizona when he was two months old. So, yes, he grew up in Arizona, but he was born in San Francisco or San okay. Ramon. So I was right. Not exactly. I was right. I wouldn't go that I, far. I was right. Okay, one player in the entire NHL. How many players are from Arizona in the even, even the AHL? I don't know. I think he's the only I Arizona. I frankly don't follow the AHL that much. I think he's the only Arizonan in the NHL. He's got to be the only one in the I mean, AHL, well, it's, too. It's, it's a growing phenomenon there. Growing in... I mean, they're not even graduating high school. I think, I think I think Arizona State has helped. But then That's again, true. when you have a crappy <laughs> NHL franchise like the Coyotes. Who's not even going to stay. That, yeah, that can kind of like stunt the growth a little bit in terms of... Uh, you know, the Carrier Dome looks like it could use uh, an NHL team. Can we NHL talk about team. that, please? No. I have been saying this for a long time, and people just kind of uh, brush it off or think it's not like it's so far flung. I think that the Carrier Dome has the capacity to possibly host either a Winter Classic game or a Stadium Series game. Well, well not the Winter Classic. Why you not? Need, you need an open roof. No, you don't. Every Winter Classic has an open Make roof. Make an exception. Tomorrow. No, Stadium no. Series works. No. You just said it, it does. No. Stadium Put Series it in works. a big stadium. Stadium Series works, but the, the Winter Classic is all about it being outdoors. I think you can. And also, it wouldn't students wouldn't even be there. It's on January first. 
Okay. Stadium series is right now. Does it matter? Yes. I don't think it matters. Of course it does. Either way, either way, right? You're going to put, either way, you're going to put 60-something thousand fans. Or how much could the dome hold? Like 50,000. Yeah, you're going to have that many people in there. Yeah. Regardless of when it's held. Yeah, yeah, You know that. I'm I'm under the personal impression that Syracuse has the capacity for the city has the capacity for a pro team. No. Leagues expand. No. Great college town. No. Got the carrier down. No. I think you're wrong. What do you mean by pro team? Do you mean AHL? Do you mean NHL? They have AHL. I mean I mean NHL. No, I think you're wrong. It's a great city up no, north. You're wrong. Perfectly positioned between no. Buffalo, Toronto, Boston, and no, New York. Exactly. That's exactly the reason why it would never work. Here, here's what's immediate here's rivalry. What, here's what people don't understand. Right? The owners who come in and do this thing, they come and do this thing for one reason and one reason only: money, profitability, money. And here's the thing: as much as a fan, I would be of the Hartford Whalers coming back. It will never happen. Why? Because with the advent of cable TV, with the advent of things like NHL Center Ice and now ESPN Plus, where you can pretty much watch any game you want from outside your own market, all of these markets have been swallowed up over the time thanks to cable TV. When the Whalers left in back in 1997, cable TV barely existed. Barely existed. Now, because of cable, everybody has a territory. So the state of Connecticut's been swallowed up in large part by two teams, the New York Rangers and the Boston Bruins, with a little bit of the Islanders and a little bit of the Devils, very tiny bit amount. But you can watch those games there. Central New York, it's very much the same thing. It's not Bruins territory, but on the eastern side, you have the Rangers, you have the Islanders, you have the Devils in that territory as well. On the western side, you have the Sabres, and then everything just kind of blends together. Most likely in central New York, if you're not a fan of the Sabres, you're a fan of one other of those four teams. Why? Because cable TV has brought those games to your house. This is not the 70s. This is not the 80s where you picked up an antenna and maybe you can pull in the Leafs games out of CBC in Toronto or you could pull something out of Ottawa because the signals were crazy far and crazy far flung. It is a different scenario today. And because the NHL and other leagues have purposely made it like this, so basically different regions of the country are segregated by different teams, it is not sustainable to put in a team with a, a market that is 87th in the country. Yes, but have you also considered the fact that I want one here and it would be fun? I just schooled you as to why it can't be that way. Yes, but have you considered that I don't care? You think Gary Bettman adheres to Jesse Cook? Gary, Bet- Gary Bettman doesn't even adhere to Gary Bettman. I'm not sure he even knows what's going on. I won't comment on that. That's not my place. Yeah, because uh, actually, when you take into account current big four, uh, not general manager, uh, like commissioners, Gary Bettman is probably top two. Yeah, but like that's not like a. It's not like a. He's the upper half of. You take into account. You Rob realize Manfred, that. You Adam realize Silver and Gary Bettman you realize and Roger Goodell. You realize that's not an impressive list, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm saying of a pretty much every single commissioner is viewed by most of the public as being terrible. Not Adam Silver. 
It depends on who you ask. I have never heard anyone say anything bad about Adam Silver. I think people don't like the direction the NBA has taken ever since he's come in. Oh, in I terms agree. Of, in, terms of, in terms of the play on the court. Yeah, I agree, but people still like him. I think people— Nobody likes Manfred. Nobody likes Goodell. People just don't really care about Batman. <laughs> I don't think people even hate Roger Goodell, to be honest with you. Yes, they do. I think they just complain about him. You are not from New England. You have no say. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you guys have a bone to pick. But I feel We're like, not the only one. I feel like most people just say they hate Roger Goodell because it's the in thing to say. It's also the correct thing to say. People genuinely hate Rob Manfred. Yeah, he's destroying the game of baseball. It's, gen- it's a genuine hatred for Rob Manfred. Nobody really has this like vitriolic attitude towards Roger Goodell. Some people just say they hate him. Of course, if you're in New England, you're Tom Brady. He screwed us over. He thought we deflated the balls and he got suspended. Well, <laughs> yeah, they did just recently say, oh, yeah. NFL basically just said, oh, yeah, our bad. Sorry, Tom. Uh, yeah, you didn't actually do that. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree or disagree with the verdicts that were put down at well, the time. Well, could have said it five years ago. What I said, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it. What I'm saying is that you guys have a personal vendetta against him that kind of clouds your your vision of of how the whole league thinks of him. I think, by and large, people say they like I said they say they hate Roger Goodell because it's a fashionable thing to say. It's not just Patriots but fans. I don't think the I don't think people have the same kind of vitriol towards him. Not even a slither compared to somebody like Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred at the moment, I don't I, even I, think. I think up until the lockdown, people didn't hate him. People didn't like him. No, some I, people I, hated him. I think people. I think people hated him. I think just those people who hated him hate him even more now. Yeah, I think a few people hated him. Now everyone hates him. If you ask any baseball fan who really keeps up with the game and follows the MLB, or sorry, it's not, technically it's not the MLB; it's Major League Baseball. So follows MLB. I said, okay, follows the MLB. They'll say. Yeah, I hate Rob Manfred. They can give you a thousand reasons why. Before the collective bargaining agreement came into the the equation, I don't think you had a whole lot of people saying that. I mean, I we think never was, got to this point with Bud Selig. Yeah. And I, I think he was bad for the game of baseball. He let the steroid era happen. He let the steroid era happen because baseball needed to rebound after the 94 lockout. Yeah, so what's coming? If they can't, if another, and, another if the MLB era. Players Association and the owners can't hammer out a deal by the end of February, which ends today, yes, then are we looking at another potential scandalous era in the game of baseball where they allow more I cheating? Mean, We're coming off of I mean, right off we the o- spider tag. Didn't we already have what exactly? Yeah, but that wasn't so much that they allowed it; it's that the people started. Started to notice it, and then the league cracked yeah, down. Yeah, but you on it. okay? You have the spider attack right after you had the Astros cheating scandal. I didn't think about it that way. And then everybody also That's had everybody also had suspects about other teams who were involved or supposedly doing their own kinds of things as well. People accused the Red Sox of doing stuff, although it didn't really pan out. People accused the Yankees of doing stuff, even though it didn't really pan out. Nothing came of that. But then, then again, like. It just could be the fact that maybe the Astros are the fall guy for a lot of people doing terrible things in the league. Now, I don't think any team definitely started banging trash cans 
to the to the level that the Astros did, but I wouldn't be surprised if you found a whole plethora of other teams in the league cheating. There's no way the Astros were the only ones. There's no way. Oh, no, no, I agree. I believe that every team has their own way of cheating, but how much of it is just they got cheating caught. that's actually going to give you an edge, I, such as actually knowing what pitch is coming. And now, I will like say, I said, you all, you, to the Astros' you don't, credit— You don't know until you get caught. That's true. I will say, to the Astros' credit, A, you know, they still had to hit the pitch, mm-hmm. and B, you can't say that they wouldn't have won that World Series without the cheating— because it's not like steroids where, you know, you have stat casts and, and actual evaluations, simulations of players' careers like Barry Bonds that say, yeah, he hit 762 home runs, take away the steroids over the last few years. He probably hit somewhere around 500. That is, to a certain degree, proof that steroids, that players would not have been as good as they were without steroids. There is no proof. There's no, You can't produce proof that says that the Houston Astros would not have won the World Series that year, would not have gone to five straight American League Championship Series without cheating. Now, obviously, they didn't cheat, at least in the same way that we know of, during the last couple because they were found out. But there's no proof saying that that's what they, that that, the verdict is they wouldn't have done it without it. Now, I hate the Astros, but unfortunately, that's the case. I don't like the Astros, but I think their, their record previously and even following Right, because there's no way they're still doing stuff to the level that they did before after they got caught and everything boiled over. The fact that they've been able to still come out and make the playoffs, you know, under a new manager, under tweaking the roster a little bit, I think it shows that that's it, they're still a decent franchise, a decent organization with good talent. They're a well-grown franchise. Yes. I mean, like I said, you still like, to, I, like, Jose Altuve still had to hit on a Roldis Chapman fastball. I'm old, I'm old enough to remember... The Astros being one of the laughing stocks of Major League Baseball. The laughing stock of the National League. Yes, the six-team NL Central, except the fact— I think my first baseball game they ever— weren't, They weren't the West? No, they were Central. I thought they were the West, and they moved one of the teams that was in the Central to the West after the Astros came to the No, American no, no. League. So the NL Central had six teams. Right, I got to see this. The NL Central had six teams, and then they moved the Houston Astros to the West, to the AL West. So then everyone had five. All right. So, yeah, the standings. Yeah, the, yeah, the, ha- the Astros were the central. And, yeah, the AL West was down. Team. Okay, so nothing actually changed. Huh. I mean, it's just funny. You look back at the, those 2005 years, the 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. The Astros were one of the top teams of the NL. I mean, they went to a World Series in 2005 and lost to the White Sox. It's really near the end that they tapered off. And it makes me wonder, would I feel like the 15-team leagues were coming. What team would have gone out there if it weren't for the Astros being that bad at the right time? Because you look at the Pirates during that time. They, they the Pirates are decent during Well, no, they had, not, not during 2005. They were one oh, of the not worst. 2005. Yeah, they were literally the one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. But if they didn't come up like they did, that's another team from that sixteen division. The yeah. the Pirates and the Reds, if they didn't have those come ups, mm-hmm. who one of them could be in the American League. Right. Probably not the Reds because you know they found in the National League. I think it could I think honestly, it, if it was the Pirates, it could have been them. You know, and I think 
That would have made it. They I would think have MLB, had to rearrange think, the Central Division in Major League Baseball. I think MLB would have liked the fact of the Pirates, of uh, one Pennsylvania team being in the in the NL and one being in the AL. Yeah, it is, then they that's would've... something that the NFL has right. Yeah, and that New York has right in both the MLB and the NFL. California and the city of Chicago. Yeah, I mean the former Boston Braves. I mean now now you have a case where Pennsylvania. I mean Pennsylvania at this point has always had two NL teams. But, uh, well, not when the Athletics were back in Philadelphia, although way, way back then. Oh, uh, yeah, back, yeah, you know, just back a little ways. Like back a, in 1906. You know, back back when we were kids, 100 years ago. Totally. I'm so old. Kind of Mac. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, it, now you have a case where New York, excuse me, not New York, Pennsylvania's two NL teams the state of Texas has two AL teams. Is Texas Texas yeah. had that AL NL battle? Huh. Kind of. I think they tried to sell it a little bit. I think baseball likes to try and sell those like interstate rivals. They try. They've tried to sell Phillies Pirates, but it's just not the same. Well, yeah, because they only play each other a couple, once every few years. Exactly. Well, not once, but they play each other. They go years without playing each other. Yeah. Now, I think it makes sense when you. Keep that Dodgers Giants rivalry, or you try to keep it because you know they were rivals back when they were in New York it's, too. It's just it built rivalries like that built over time, built over decades. You yeah, know? I mean that's why the Red Sox, Yankees work, Giants, Dodgers work, Reds, and I'd say Cardinals to a certain degree. Mm. Although it's more Cubbies out there. It's weak. Yeah, I, I mean that's Reds, not a rivalry that we've really talked manu- about this before. I think Reds Cardinals is a weak rivalry. But uh, how about the Cubs White Sox? That is the most manufactured rivalry I've ever seen. Because maybe a hundred years ago, when the leagues weren't fully established, so. I don't think so. But they never play each other. They, they didn't never play did, each other for a long. Two, they're two historic franchises, and I, I'd say for the most part, in since interleague play has been instituted, it's been kind of manufactured. But I think. Maybe around like 2006, 2007, 2008, it started to reach its peak. When those two teams are at least decent, it's a good rivalry. I, like I said, I think one, because it is two historic franchises. And I think it just de- depends on whether it's a baseball town or not. Yeah, I think. Right? As much as the Yankees clean the Mets' clock in the Subway series, it's a good rivalry that people are invested in. Why? Because New York is a baseball town. I mean, this is true. Now, you, you know, 10 years— like there's, there's pride in the Mets fans, regardless of how much they win or lose, being able to say, okay, we beat the Yankees. You know, there's pride in that. Why? Because New York is primarily a baseball town. Philly, it's, it's not really the same. Pennsylvania is not really the same because, one, Philadelphia primarily is a football town, and, two, Pittsburgh is primarily a hockey town. At this point, well, really, you could, you, Pittsburgh, you, I think, is a football town. Eh, you could argue. You could argue. I think you could argue both ways. I think, I think you could we say can over, just agree and say Pittsburgh, maybe not a basketball town. I mean, we know that. Maybe not. I think over the past ten years, you can say it's a hockey town, though. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the I Steelers. Think, the Steelers haven't necessarily had their same prowess that they've had in decades past. Yeah, I think ten years from now, we're going to be talking about the best new manufactured rivalry. Between Charlotte and Montreal in baseball. Thirty-two teams, it's coming. You know who should really have a nice rivalry over the years that I hope kinda like works out? In hockey. I hope Seattle and Vancouver get a nice rivalry going. 
I could see that. I was I was skeptical a little bit when Seattle came into the fold because of all those Vancouver fans out there. But I think the fan base. Why would you be skeptical? Up, well, of like the the revenue and the money that they're going to get with Vancouver so close. I was. I was it doesn't make about, a difference. Of course, it does. International borders. Still, though, different you, rights you grow up rooting for a team. You you're, can't get Vancouver Canucks games on TV every night in Seattle. Your closest team that gets piped in is probably either the Sharks or the Avalanche. So then, by your logic, and those, it makes sense for there to be baseball in Montreal again. And you're going to bring in the Blue Jays, but that's not the only team that would have conflicting markets. I think, by and large, people don't care about baseball in Canada. I think the Blue Jays... They haven't cared since Noza Moore has left. I think... The Blue Jays have kind of captured, like I said, and again, this is kind of part of cable helping to to solidify territories. I think now that cable has become, by and large, a, a huge thing in Canada, the Blue Jays have kind of just eaten up that whole entire territory, you know. And now the Raptors in Canada have also done the same thing in the NBA. Like, you can't go put the Vancouver Grizzlies back there like you tried to back in the 90s. It won't work. Why? Because the Raptors won a championship and so many people got into the bas- into the sport of basketball in Canada because of that team alone. You know, once you establish these things, you, you can't really go back. Yeah, I think you can just change the letters around in TSN and make it work. TSN, Toronto Sports Network. Eh, how about TSM, the sports of Montreal? You know, there's already a French TSN, right? We. Oui. RDS. We. Oui. Mais il n'y a and pas hold, and they hold de nom the, de Montréal. And they hold the rights to Canadians games. And they'll hold the rights to Expos games. They'll bring French-speaking baseball back. I mean, they'll pro- they probably will, based on... Um, if I put my sports media hat on, I'd say... I'd say Bell Media, which owns both TSN and RDS... They're not big spenders like they were back in the day. I'd say Rogers and Quebecor Media that owns TVA would probably take those rights away. TVA already has the national NHL rights in French, uh, so I don't see why they wouldn't take the rights. Right now, RDS's only prized possession is the Habs. Have, have you ever thought that maybe the, the, an Expos team could – be done like the Packers, where it's a community-owned program. Because the people in Montreal have shown that they want baseball back. They're laying out plans for a waterfront stadium. I think here's the problem. One, Montreal is a hockey town. Montreal is a city that I don't think likes change. And two, I think Montreal is too close to Toronto to be able to build this team. I think if you put the team out west, you may change your chances a little bit. If Vancouver sprung up with a baseball team, I think you'd have better chances in there because there is there's kind of a there are people in, obviously in Montreal that hate Toronto, but by and large, if you're a baseball fan by this point in Canada, you root for the you root for the Blue Jays. Now, I think the resentment in Western Canada towards the East is a lot stronger than the Montreal Toronto resentment. Meaning, I think there's a lot of people who would take pride in the West instantly and in having a team out there in a city like most likely it would be Vancouver they were if they were to do it but hey maybe Calgary Edmonton the, the I only think thing Vancouver, is that's the cultural hub out there I can definitely see that I mean the main argument 
for baseball in Montreal is that, yes, I mean, first of all, there's a timetable on it because the team vanished 18 years ago. So how old are are those, is that fan base going to be to start? Because there are people who probably migrated to the Blue Jays or another team who are going to go back to rooting for the Expos if they come back. But by 2024, it'll be 20 years since the Expos left. So at a certain point, when do people stop caring? When is the fan base of Expos, when is the, the population of, of Expos fans, authentic Expos fans, mostly gone? I think it also depends on how good the Blue Jays are going to be. There was an article in The Athletic that said that the Blue Jays are supposed to be like the, the one of the powers in Major League Baseball over the next 10 years. Now, that bodes well for me, as the Blue Jays are my second favorite team, uh, have been since literally like 2008, 2009. Um, but that being said, if the Blue Jays, like this is the kind of the case with the Raptors, right? I think the Raptors, by winning an NBA championship in this day and age, have kind of like solidified the whole country from any future competition. If the Blue Jays go and win one, maybe two World Series in the next 10 years, then I think they solidify their position as Canada's only team. People are going to be too invested in them to care about a team like the Expos if they ever enter back into the Canadian fold. Mais non. Le retour de nos amours. And uh, minder, Les Expos. minder, when we're talking about Canada, this is not the same kind of, of, of deal as the United States. The entire country of Canada has about what thirty-four million people, and like I said, what do owners only what do owners view when they're talking about things like this? Money. Well, that that's why I think there is a possibility for a community-owned team. I don't think it would happen. I don't know. Cold places seems like they're pretty akin to Green Bay. I think that's also the part too. They'd have to invest in a nice dome stadium in Montreal. Uh, oh well, I mean that—that's been in the works for years. And Canada is very like non-like, unlike the United States. I think they're very like non-like, shell out a jillion, jazillion bucks for a taxpayer-funded stadium or a heavily taxpayer-subsidized stadium. Usually, when they when the owners do this kind of thing, they want the owners to come in and use their own money and do it. We've seen a lot of change in America towards that kind of attitude. I think in Canada, it's, it's kind of been that way. Like, they want, like, Rogers, which is the company that owns the Blue Jays, wants to renovate Rogers Center in Toronto. But the city is really not going to help them out that much funding-wise. They're going to have to fork over the money themselves. You don't think there's a market for a Canada rivalry between the, the Blue Jays and the Expos? Put the Expos in the American League East. No. Who's going to replace the—who's going to go in the AL East— what do you mean? I don't see the Rays leaving Tampa. No, 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 as no, much no. As no, 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 no. Add an expansion team. So you're gonna have six teams in the AL East. Yeah, or or change around the league a little bit and you know, make I'm, it so that. Well, when you have thirty teams and five in each division, it's kind of hard to just change them around. Yeah, so Some teams are just gonna have more division, more teams than the other. That's fine. No. I, I mean. I think a rivalry. We were just talking about manufactured rivalries. Things baseball wants, Major League Baseball wants. Montreal and Toronto is the exact mold for that. 
I don't think so. Well, you're wrong because it is. I don't think I'm wrong. It's it's exactly what we've been talking about. I think all, Montreal. All uh, like night. I, here's the thing with or Montreal. Morning. It's it's one. You can 16. talk. You can talk about the 1994 lockout and how much that kind of like throw threw the the Expos franchise into a wrench. But that being said, listen. I think I don't think there is that much of a sustainable base in Montreal to sustain a baseball team and justify plucking another franchise or even starting your own another franchise from scratch and just sending them to Montreal. This is, I think, the same thing. It's a similar argument. Some people have argued in, in hockey that the Quebec Nordiques should come back. See, no, that doesn't make sense because there are seven teams in Canada. No, it doesn't make sense because in the, in, the Canadians own Quebec. That's why it didn't work the first time. Well, also, the C- Canadian rivalries are already established now. There's there's no opportunity for that to come back. Here's the thing in Canada. There is no here's the thing in Canada to the Blue Jays. People, here's the thing in Canada that people don't understand. Right. They think it's kind of similar to America where you have like these like big markets followed by mid-sized markets. And that's kind of like the route the NHL's taken in America. They hey, they already had teams in places like Boston and Philadelphia, New York, LA, big markets. So they said, "Okay, if we're going to expand, how about we hit up some of these smaller markets? Not smaller markets, but mid-sized. They didn't go to places like Syracuse, Utica, uh, Idaho Falls, but they went to places, say, uh, Nashville or um, Pittsburgh, who was an expansion franchise all the way back in 1967. Um, Idaho Falls, you pull that, bring it up our friend Eric Moon? I mean— Or is he in Idaho City? I don't know. By the way, it's Idaho. Hey, shout out Moon. It's a hockey episode. You can't have a hockey episode without uh, shouting out our, our our Capitals fan friend. But it's not it's just it's just not the same kind of dynamic in Canada. Once you get out of those big metros, like some of these territories in Canada cover entire provinces when it comes to like hockey territory. You can't just go and pluck a team there. You're not gonna pluck a team in Saskatoon and be like, yes, you now have an NHL team. Saskatoon's also not that big of a city. Exactly. Montreal is a metropolis. Yeah, but outside of Montreal, there are not that many. Outside of Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver, there are not that many metropolises. You you were talking about provinces. Toronto is Ontario. Montreal is Quebec. Mm -hmm. Do I I need... I I, I actually shouldn't say connect the dots because it's really taking them apart. But there's not... Enough. Look, I'm not even trying to convince you. I'm trying to convince Rob Manfred to do one thing right for for once in his goddamn career. There will never be a team in in in, in again in Montreal. I don't know about that. There will never be a team when again in baseball is this hungry for new life and new new revenue streams. Montreal's not going to bring it. Sorry, uh, you don't have to say sorry because it's just wrong. Or should so I say I, sorry? I, I take pleasure. I take pride in you being wrong about Okay, things. when I'm dead and in my grave and Montreal doesn't have a team, I'll make sure to let you know of that. Well, then it must be very soon because they're going to get a team. Well. I really hope that's not the case, Chile. They're not getting a team. I don't know about that. Tampa Bay's not moving. They're I never said they were. They're eventually going to figure it out. I never they're said they They're not going to pluck a franchise from anywhere else. They're not going to build a new franchise just from Montreal. It's Baseball not is going to expand. This is this is a guarantee. No, it won't. People thought twenty four teams was enough, and now thirty seems like enough. 
They said 30 was too much. Now it seems perfect. How, How about 32? It works in the NFL, NHL. Okay, so it's uh, not that far off in the NBA. Okay, and MLB. so say say theoretically, since you're saying that 32 teams is a target market for for at the MLB. moment. Okay, so you're saying Montreal. Where else would they expand to? Montreal, Charlotte. I no. wouldn't say Vegas. I won't say Vegas you because people Vegas. don't go to Vegas to go and sit and watch nine innings of baseball. There are go. too many. There are too many baseball teams within that vicinity for. That's not the reason there's, there shouldn't be a baseball team in Vegas. Yes, there is. Nevada is a giant state. Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. That no, that's that's wrong. That's not wrong. Okay, but other than people, Montreal people, and Charlotte, people there have about five teams to choose from if they want to watch baseball. And then, okay, we both agree that it's a bad idea to have baseball in Vegas yes. for a number of different reasons, yes. even though yours are not the reasons that it shouldn't happen. For the correct reasons. But New Orleans. No. No, New Orleans is a perfect spot for baseball. New Orleans is a small market. And, oh, well, small market with two big four sports teams. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you think the Pelicans are doing well? Saints are. Yeah, because maybe it's a football state. It's a football state, and it's in the South. Baseball players from Louisiana, that's tailor-made. No. A lot of baseball players are from Louisiana. You are surrounded by two rather big franchises down there. New Orleans would be you a have spot. The Braves literally control the South, and then the western part of Louisiana, the Astros creep you in. because saying Houston's this like, right there. No, like baseball has never expanded when teams control a market. Because it expanded this century. I'm sorry, I'm right before this center. It's yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, people said that so much baseball has, in Florida wouldn't so work for much that exact has, reason. So much has changed technologically. They, they said that 30 years ago. It has changed technologically. That have allowed... Every time there is a, this can't happen because things have changed technologically. Yes. Oh, it turns out, yes. no, you're wrong. It can, it can 30 happen like years that. Ago, 30 years ago, you could put your antenna in outside of your house... And if it was a good night, you could get your local team. And then if it was a good night, you could probably get the teams from some far-flung place. You know, now cable changed a lot of that. I'm sorry, but it has. There's contingents of Cubs fans and Braves fans because of WGN TBS. I grew up watching a boatload. I grew up watching more Cubs games than I did Phillies games because of the WGN pipeline. Like, so like you could put a baseball team pretty much like Montreal, Charlotte, New Orleans, Salt Lake City, Charlotte, Oklahoma City, Charlotte is owned, Portland. Charlotte is owned by the Braves. You and to the extent that it's not, you can still watch the National City. You can watch the Nationals. You can watch the Orioles. You can watch the Cincinnati Reds in Charlotte, North Carolina. Which shows you how much they're fiending for one team to actually unite that region. Yeah, but it's not a point of unification. It's people are stuck in their ways and they're not... Going everybody enough people to change to to make a profitable team to make a profitable franchise are not going to switch to a Charlotte franchise. You've just never watched TV then when the Kraken or Golden Knights came came about because but there people, was nobody there at the people time. People who had been watching certain teams for years were suddenly putting on Kraken hats. One LA had no professional team at all before the Golden Knights came in. L.A.? Las Vegas, I meant. Yeah, but people, hockey fans in Vegas, so if now you it cared, happens that the Vegas you, Golden Knights put on a show. If you cared about hockey at all in Las Vegas, if you cared about hockey at all, 
you went through the trouble of going to watch the Kings or the Ducks, or maybe you live in a part of Nevada where the Avalanche are your team. Or the Coyotes. They got all of those receptions. And su- and surprise, surprise, the Golden Knights worked. Now you look at the Kraken. They get king. They, they get teams from all over the the place as well. They've got like two teams in that vicinity. Vancouver Most and people, all across California. You cannot California. get Vancouver games in Seattle. Like I said, it stops at the international border. Yeah, but many people out there are willing to travel across the border to go watch those. They're games. not going to watch every game. Some of them may go a couple times, but they're not plethora. There's not. Mounds and mounds of diehard. But you still Vanco- have fans out there. There are not plethoras of diehard Vancouver fans sitting in Seattle. People, uh, uh, you think there are? There's a vast majority of diehard hockey Braves, is different. Reds, Cubs hockey, fans hockey is different, and and I think this is another point that's important too. Hockey is different because it's an untapped market in a lot of these areas. If you don't have a hockey team, by and large, you don't care about hockey because it's the fourth-rung sport in America. Baseball is different. Because baseball has been here for so long, most likely, if you live in a certain area, you have a team by now. You can't Uh, just go and— You've probably got a college team. No. College baseball in half the places we mentioned is way more popular than major even you don't have a if even you don't have a team in your state you have a team nearby that because of the the invention of cable is accessible to your house. Yeah, and wouldn't they much rather have a team that they can a go watch? If I live to the county south of me, which is not a county in Pennsylvania, I live in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. If I live in the county south of me, I could. Technically, be one of three, one a fan of three teams, possibly three teams in baseball. The Philadelphia Phillies. You live five minutes from the Phillies stadium. Yeah, but because of the way the territories have been drawn by these leagues in Delaware, the entire state of Delaware, including Newcastle County, which is right under my county, I have access to or could have access to if I lived there. The Philadelphia Phillies, the Washington Nationals. Or the Baltimore Orioles. These are apples and oranges. It's You're talking about teams crammed together in the Northeast versus teams spread across it's the Great even, Plains. It's, out, it's across the West. It is even worse out there. Yeah, it's even worse. I, I have trouble believing that when you have teams not for hundreds of miles. When you put a team somewhere, if you put a team somewhere in the middle of nowhere, I think, well, I not think, nowhere, in I the middle of a place to, where there's no team for hundreds of miles, I think, people are going to watch that team Chile. No, it doesn't matter about TV markets. I think it does. I think you need to go look at the article of the MLB.TV blackouts and some of the most egregious ones. There are places, I believe there's a place in like Iowa, where if you subscribe to MLB.TV, because obviously you can't watch your local team on MLB.TV because they encourage you to get cable or satellite... There are six teams you cannot watch on MLB.tv. Meaning, if you go up on your cable, you have the chance to watch six teams every night on a given basis. One of six teams. The Cubs and the White Sox are two of those teams. And you probably have Kansas City. You probably have St. Louis. And all that changes when you put a team out there. I don't think so. Now, you shouldn't put a team in Iowa. I think people are stuck in their ways. There's there's not an... I mean, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, the Field of Dreams game was fantastic. Yeah, but that's a one-time thing. You know, I, I'm saying that's a one-time thing. Okay. But you talk about a major city. Major cities, I'm going to repeat all the ones I said. 
when you talk about Portland, when you talk about Salt Lake City, Oklahoma City, Charlotte, Montreal. I know you're going to say Montreal's different because it's in Canada. but Yeah, that, I would also not... say Portland's different, too, because it's way too close to Seattle. If you live in Portland, if you care about baseball, you are a Seattle Mariners fan, and that is not changing for you. Okay, but what about the other team? You put a team in Salt Lake City, which is, a, I think, a great location for baseball right now. You're probably a Rockies fan. Probably a Rockies fan until they put a team out there. I don't think so. Okay, Charlie, you can say I don't think so all you want. These are facts. People root for teams by proximity. I think it's business decision. You you think you grow up somewhere else, you're not a Phillies fan? If I grow up somewhere else in the country? In the country? You grow up close to another team, you're not a Phillies fan. Yeah, I know that. Point proved. Yeah. So it, I, I'm the, the, No, I'm your right. point's not right. Because just because your immediate city doesn't have a team doesn't mean there isn't a team that you grew up for or you grew up rooting for based on what was available to you. You grow up in Houston, you're an Astros fan. Yes, if you grow up in western Louisiana, you're also probably an Astros fan. Maybe not if there's a team in Louisiana. Well, there's not. But if they put... We're going around in circles. If they put one there... You're, then people are going to grow up fans of it. The people like, who are there are going not, to root for that team. This is not 1910. This is not 1910 where if you were a fan of the Chicago Cubs, right, or if the Chicago Cubs existed and you live in Iowa, you probably don't care about baseball at all because the technology that brought that would come to bring the Cubs to your house 100 years later – was not there. So you just sat there and you would read the newspaper like, oh, yeah, look at these Chicago Cubs. You, you think bro- when they brought the Houston Texans into the league in the NFL, all you people just said, nope, I'm in Texas, I'm a Cowboys fan. No, they, people uh, Houston people said, nope, even though they're in Texas, I grew up a Cowboys fan. They go, oh, no, we finally have football here at a professional level. Go Texans. That... You're looking at history and saying, nah, that can't happen again just because it happened all those times. Yeah. They tried it? And it worked. Did it really? Yes. Are the Texans really the cream of the crop in Houston? The team's bad right now, but they still got great fans. The team's been bad for a while. Can barely get people to show up. For a while, they made the playoffs recently. They get clapped every year in a wild card game. Look. All I'm saying is that history literally every time has shown you how wrong you are. And you can say all you want that technology makes a difference in yeah, it. But I people have does. been saying that every single time, and they've been proven wrong. Well, the Expos didn't work out the first time. They're not going to work again. The Expos worked out for 40 years. The only reason they left is because of the 1994 lockouts and in a disagreement with the ownership group. That wasn't a thing about technology. People were heartbroken when they left. People would welcome them back, and people would welcome a new team anyway. I think the dynamic in Canada has changed way too much for that. It's not like you're adding a new team to New York City. You're adding a new team to, okay, forget Montreal for the sake of just keeping it America. You couldn't add a new team to New York City. Yes, exactly. But you're not. You're adding a new team somewhere, Oklahoma City, Salt Lake City, Charlotte, Oklahoma Nashville. City, one, is not a big enough market to house a baseball team. Two, there are too many teams around there, like the Texas Rangers, like the Kansas City Royals, like the, uh, excuse me, the St. Louis Cardinals. It's actually aggravating me how, 
uh, how oblivious you're being to the fact that people have been making these exact same arguments yes. and being proved wrong no, I every think this, single time. I think this is the correct argument. So the past uh, 30 years of baseball with the teams like Arizona Diamondbacks, Colorado Rockies have surely been failures because other TV markets were there. But they're profitable teams because Phoenix, Phoenix won. You have to remember that Arizona is not just Phoenix. The Diamondbacks controlled the entire state territory-wise. Denver. But they didn't when they were there, when they first arrived. They didn't. But they Surely didn't. the Florida Marlins It was also the 90s. Failed. It was also the 90s. Yeah, where they just started getting, where TV was finally reaching across the nation to pretty much everyone. You still had radio broadcasts. It's the exact same argument with different sticks. It's sticks and stones with different sticks and stones. I don't think so. It absolutely is. When the Rockies first launched in 1993, 1994, you were not getting... You were not getting... Where the the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean meet, the waters don't necessarily mix. There's still water! The farthest point in the Denver TV market is somewhere up in northern Wyoming, which is about six hours away from the city of Denver proper. Back in 1993... You were not getting Denver Rock Colorado Rockies games at your house. You weren't. I'm talking now about you can. the the Rockies fans in Denver who weren't who when the Rock who were there when the Rockies came there, they dropped whatever team they were rooting for at that time to go root for the Rockies. I think they there wasn't an incentive to care. That's the argument I'm saying about baseball until the Rockies came in. That's exactly my argument. You put a team there, people care. But people care about baseball now because because of the advent of cable, you always have a home team. And now you have a home team that's literally a home team. If you tried to put a a team in Hartford, Connecticut, right? Never mind the fact— This is like listening to someone who said that cell phones wouldn't work because people like being in their homes. Never mind the fact that Hartford, Connecticut is a smaller market today than it was 30 years ago. But the fact that Hartford, Connecticut has at least three baseball teams to root for now— the Mets. The I never Yankees. said Hartford, Connecticut. I'm, I'm giving you a theoretical. Mets, the Yankees, and the Red Sox— you cannot pluck a team in Hartford, Connecticut, and have people root for them. Yeah, that's because Hartford is two hours away from is is an hour away from some of those places. When you're talking about places like Salt Lake City, when you're talking about Oklahoma City, New Orleans, where you don't have a team for hundreds and hundreds of miles, yes, that's an do. entirely different scenario. Thanks to cable, you can either root for the Atlanta Braves or the Houston Astros. But you keep when all of your hypotheticals have been. What if we put a team right here? What if you move this one county over where there's teams within 100 miles of each you other? You wouldn't put a team in Delaware. Why? Yes, you. That's exactly what I'm saying. You keep using these scenarios where the teams are less than 100 miles and apart. And winning. Where they're close. Where they're already close to each other. The Rocky you, Mountains have a team. The Colorado Rockies. Yes, because there is no team for hundreds of miles. You can't put it. a team in Salt Lake City. I, you simply could. No, you can't. There's simply not enough big market space for a team to be profitable in Salt Lake City. We've, we've gone around in circles, and maybe every I'll time... give maybe I'll give you Charlotte, maybe give you Charlotte. That's uh, from your arguments. That's the one you shouldn't. You keep gi- gi- giving me. That's what I'm saying. It's, scenarios. It, it's hard because 
the people in Braves country who root for the Braves are deeply rooted in the Atlanta Braves. So you keep giving me these scenarios where you name a city close to a bunch of other cities that have a team. I'm giving you locations where there's no one for a long, vast expanse of land. That's not true of Salt Lake City. The Rockies. You're, you're basically the, saying— The Rockies are right there. They're not right there. They're right there. That's a long distance. They're right there. Not to mention, to even get to the games, you have to go across the if Rocky you, Mountains. If you've got, if you've got cable in 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 Salt Lake City, and you want to watch baseball in April, you simply turn on AT and T Sportsnet. Not Rocky if Mountain, there's a team, and it's right, right there. there. Not if there's a team in it's your right city. It's right there. It's right there until there's a team in their city. No, you can't just say no. I, that is not a valid argument. I told you no because you're wrong. No is not a valid argument. I told you no because you're wrong. I've given you several reasons. You keep coming up with the same argument that— Because my argument's correct. It's not. Yes. You keep saying the same argument that people in Colorado were saying 30 years ago and got proven wrong. People in Arizona got proven wrong. People in Florida got proved wrong. But it's not the same 30 years ago as it is today. And it wasn't the same 30 years ago as it was 60 years ago. Who cares? Technology advances. It's not that going to be people profitable. stay the same. It's not going to be profitable, is what I'm saying, because people are not going to be willing to switch to a team when they've already been rooting for a team for so long. Which is exactly what they were saying 30 years ago. Who and cares? plus, and plus, mind you, I think another thing, instead of just hitting the same things back at each other, can that we can talk about is the fact that owners have a say in this. Owners, that that is a valid point, but there are plenty of and rich you, people in these what, cities who are willing it, to bring a team. To and there. what does it come down to? What did I say it comes down to? Money, and all these teams would be extremely so the, profitable. The gigantic, if the, only team the, for mi- the miles. gigantic territory that the Colorado Rockies sit in right now, despite the fact that their franchise at the moment is horrible. You think they're willing to give up any of the money that they get from cable fees in all of those states? Whoa, 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 whoa! No, you said the Rockies are giving anything up. It's that another team is taking these. They're giving up territory. Every team in baseball has territory right now. And it's not like the Rockies. They're, do, 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 I'm sorry, do the Rockies get to say, oh, yes, uh, there shouldn't be a team there. Yes. If Us, you tried one vote. Yes. If you tried to put a third team in New York, the Yankees and the Mets would say no. Every what? team would say no because that doesn't make sense. You can't keep bringing up a scenario where they're you, no, down the street from I each think other. New York could, I think New York could financially support three teams. Could financially, they they have, but yes. it doesn't make sense to put another team down the street from another one. I'm but not that's talking not down the, reason, the street. But that's not the reason they'd veto it. The reason they'd veto it is because the Yankees would be mad that they can't make that as much money off of SN, uh, off of yes. The Mets would be mad because they couldn't make that much money off of SNY. There is TV money at stake here. And 28 that, other owners. But they'd lose out on said money. 28 other owners to vote for this, though. They'd lose out on said money. They'd veto it. Yeah, and the other owners would realize that too because it would mess with a lot of rivalries. This in that was area. a thing. This was a That's thing. That's not the case this, when you move out south and out west. Yes, it is because, like I said, every single team has covered every single inch of this country by this point. If you try and infringe on the Colorado Rockies territory, it's not going to work. And the Nationals. The Nationals. No. Do you know how much of a fight it was when the Nationals came into Washington D.C. It wasn't that much of a fight because the team was moving. It was a fight. Not as much of a fight. Do you know why Masson was created? For the Nationals. Masson was created, no. Masson was created back in 2005 as a settlement between the league and the Baltimore Orioles 
Why was it created? Because the Nationals were going to infringe on the Orioles' territory, which is seven states wide, or north and so south. So you're saying that it's impossible for this to happen because 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, when this exact same issue arose, people had an argument and found a settlement. Owners have— people a, found a way, so owners, clearly that can't happen owners again. Owners are always going to argue that they have a right to, to keep the money in the revenue stream that they have. And when you infringe on that, the or, there's a reason why Masson is majority owned 75% by the Orioles. That was compensation for the Nationals saying, hey, we're going to come and take your territory. And you know what they did 15 years later after taking your territory? They won a freaking World Series. But Peter Angelos doesn't care. Why? Because he's getting money. The Nationals, as a matter of fact, are owed $100 million by Masson in TV fees that they haven't gotten. And they still went out there and won a World Series. But, hmm. So because that happened to a team moving 20 years ago, it's it's just clearly impossible and for I that think to happen again. Still, and I think you could say that the Orioles uh, have definitely suffered, as a matter of fact, from the Nats moving in. You could, you I could think they have less of a fan base. Winston Churchill line. I think they have less of a fan I base. You know I don't think that many it. people care about them. Why? Because in the two of those markets, because the Orioles have infringed on, excuse me, the Nationals have infringed on that market. The Nationals are the bigger market. Washington D.C. is the bigger market. This you think if Peter Angelos had the chance to read unbelievable amount of. Uh, oblivion isn't the correct word. Do you think if Peter Angelos, do you think if Peter Angelos had the had the opportunity to redo all those steps back in 2005, do you think he would have? You think he would have budged one inch to let the Nationals come into Washington D.C.? Mm. I don't think he would have. Look, all I'm hearing is that there was a there was a scenario almost exactly the same several times throughout history, and every single time there was a solution found and the team came to be. That's all I'm hearing, because that's all that matters. No. And once again, the most effective argument you've come up with tonight is no. Yeah, because I've explained to you why this won't work. And you've given the same arguments that have surely, surely have worked every time throughout history and have never failed every single time. We're in a different stage. Yeah, you can't just say that when they say we're in a different stage every time. The Orioles got compensation for the Nationals to come in and take their territory. You don't think Major League Baseball is willing to have some sort of compensation involved? You don't think a new team is willing to have some sort of comp- compensation involved? I don't think so. Well, you're wrong because you just gave a scenario where that happened. It's television compensation. Yeah. In And it happened. In a seven-state territory. And it happened. Okay. Doesn't mean that'll happen again. Uh, it probably means that it very well could happen again. It the means- Orioles, the Orioles, thankfully had a sizable territory, in which, yes, it affects them having the Nationals compete with them. But listen, when you get to show both of the games on TV, you're really not losing money. All I'm hearing is you agree with me and not even know you're doing it. The Braves are not giving up their territory. The Astros, the little territory they have, they're not giving that up to have a team in Louisiana. You think that one owner has a choice. Rodgers does not want to budge and dare give an inch in Canada to to the Expos. They don't. And New England is not part not going to be part of Montreal territory because the border stop the right stop at the border. I'm sorry, this sounds exactly like what they were saying 30 years ago. And I can't believe I'm saying that for probably the 10th time today. And they're right. They were right 30 years ago and they're right right now. Well, 30 years ago, they still let it happen. It was an untapped market in Florida 30 years ago. 
That's not the only state they got. It, I mean, Troy, I, I just— Most people did not have cable 30 years ago. See, that That's a weird position to make. That's true. That's factually true. But still, most people who wanted to watch baseball still made the effort to watch baseball. Not really. Like they are now. Most people who wanted to watch baseball then watched it or listened to it, excuse me, over the radio. So they still had teams that they listened to and rooted for, and yet this all still worked out Cable somehow. changed the game. It's all about the moolah. Cable changed the game but kept it the, but kept it the same in many respects. It's all about the The moolah. internet has done the same exact thing. It's all about the In moolah. fact, made it easier. It's exactly why New England, most New England teams, most Boston teams have a territory of six states. Yeah, also because those states have very small populations. Yeah, but back in 1970, if you, with no major cities. Back in 1970, if you lived on the northern corner of Maine or if you lived on the northern corner of of Vermont, if you wanted to watch baseball, you weren't pulling in a station from Boston, you were either pulling in a station from Montreal or Toronto. The same thing in hockey. You could possibly if you lived in the northern quarter of of New York, or if you live in the, nor- the northern border of New York, you wouldn't have a reason to be a Yankees or a Mets fan, but you'd probably have a reason to be a Blue Jays fan or an Expos fan. Why? Because your opportunity to pull in those feeds was easier. Now those stop at the border because of cable. Oh, it's almost as if there's an entire country of people in Canada and a bunch of other cities that I already mentioned. But cable solidified the line between the two countries. Solidified? Who cares? There's no bleed. Who cares? You can't be an Expos fan in Maine now. I didn't say you had to be an Expos fan in Maine. Who cares? I think it's central to the story. I don't think it is. And there's people on Twitter who agree with me because I was reading a thread about this earlier today. Well, then let's go to Twitter. Let's wrap up the episode, and you can tell us what you think and why Chile is just absolutely wrong. I'm 100% correct. Well, correct or not, which I'm you so aren't, correct. this has been the QCism Podcast. I'm so correct. He's yelling, and I'm Jesse Cook. Have a wonderful week. I'm so correct that this—no, I'm so correct that this has been the longest episode of QCism ever. I can make the exact same argument. No, you can't. Why not? Because I told you you can't. Well, I told you you can't. Well, I'm better than you. You're not. I'm smarter than you. I've literally destroyed you on every single topic tonight. I don't think you have. I I have. This has been Talking Points. (laughs) 